What is up, everyone? How is TikTok doing? We are live. My name is Cub Cooker. Welcome to the Cub Cooker Effect podcast, where we explore faith and fringe every single day. This is a live, raw podcast. Um, so, anyone joining, you can grab this podcast over on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. You can grab it on my YouTube channel. And you can go to my website at cubcooker.me, cubcooker.me, and get all of the book studies that we're talking about. You can get the Enoch study, which we're going through right now. This is going to be episode seven of the Book of Enoch series that we're in right now. Uh, And I am going to be talking about this pit in Yemen in the desert. We're going to be talking about uh, the pit of hell. We're going to be talking about Hades. We're going to be talking about where the watchers are chained up. So it's going to be a good episode. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoy it. Eloise, thank you for being here. I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Uh, Robert Sparks, what is up? Uh, Mick, welcome. Uh, Pagan, welcome. How are you doing? Uh, Piag, welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. So anyway, as we get into this... Um, I want to talk a little bit about the book of Enoch, and I'll try to bring some stuff up on the screen here for you as well, but I'm also going to be over on uh, the other screen on my main computer here. Um, I'm working on a way to, you know, try to, I don't know, get these a little bit better tied together. Uh, I wish I could get a stream key TikTok. Come on, if anyone knows the TikTok gods here, um, I would love a stream key so that we can tie all this together because... Uh, I'm about to be doing the podcast again from the computer where we can share a lot more data. It's really, really hard on here. You know, I have to go through, go to effects, change to the green screen, select the green screen, and then put a new background on it. So uh, it's a pain to say the least. So uh, anyway, thank you guys for being here. This is a really cool painting. Uh, about the days of Noah, about the Nephilim. Um, I've just found it on Google. I couldn't even find out who did it. I thought it was really cool. It's got a bunch of creepy uh, people in it. So um, anyway, thank you guys for joining tonight. Check out the videos that I just posted. Uh, We've got some really cool data about the Book of Enoch. And really today we're just going to be talking about Book of Enoch and we're going to talk about the Watchers and where they are. And what is happening? Um, let me see. So, uh, we're going to pick up with chapter 4, verse 9 for everyone joining today. Uh, Peter, welcome. Like to talk, welcome. Shirley Abrams, thank you for being here. Uh, Goldboy, thanks for joining. IB Dov, uh, CMT McFadden, how are you doing? Um, hey Jordan, thanks for being here. Crystal and Bailey, thanks for stopping by. Flower, thank you for joining. Um, Origin Theory 7, what is up? So anyway, as we continue this series, again, this is a painting uh, about, you know, the the kind of Nephilim uh, leaving the earth. And we've talked about the Nephilim and really what that means to... Uh, modern faith, you know, um, there's a lot of different things, uh, that we can talk about. We can, um, I wanted to share this, um, really today I want to focus on where are the watchers, what happened to them, specifically the book of Enoch talks about 
Azazel being locked up uh, in order to heal the land. So in verse 10 on chapter 4 of Book of Enoch, it says, And again the Lord said to Raphael, Bind Azazel hand and foot and cast him into the darkness and make an opening in the desert, which is in Dudiel, and cast him therein. And place him in the rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him abide there forever and ever and cover his face that he may not see the light. And on the day of great judgment, he shall be cast into the fire. And so a lot of this is where we get, um, you know, that apocalyptic, like, you know, heaven and hell type imagery from. So we have to remember during the time of Christ and even uh, during the time of the Old Testament, this was the documents, this was the uh, lore, the mythology, the belief system that the Jewish people had. And so um, it's very, very important for us in a modern faith to understand it. And whether you're a believer or an agnostic or you're any other faith tradition, um, this is really cool to understand. Just again, whether no matter what background you are. Um, and so this is definitely something that I love to know. It's something that I think everyone who's curious in the supernatural, uh, in the paranormal, in uh, kind of the fringe stuff that is less fringe now. A lot of it's very mainstream and a lot of it's been, you know, verified and documented by the sciences is that, hey, there's something going on there. And so that's one of the things I love talking about on this show is uh, the faith and the fringe and, and where do they meet? You know, faith is accepted in a certain way. Fringe is accepted in a certain way. And so like, where do they meet? And fringe just meaning, you know, we've got different ideas like UFOs and aliens and uh, spectral and, uh, you know, different energy readings, stuff like that. So um, I love to research that type of thing. I love to look at it in context to ancient scripture and see what the deal is, see what they might have experienced back then. And maybe what we're experiencing now is more similar to what they experienced back then than we think. Because a lot of people in modern faiths will say, well, we don't have experiences with God like that anymore. It's more spiritual. It's more, you know, the miracles around us. There's no, uh, like, contact being made. Yet I say, just from listening to podcasts, reading books, uh, looking at media and even the scientific media that comes out where they have unexplained phenomenon. And uh, we, back then, if we lived in the times of the Bible or Old Testament, we would definitely go, hey, that's an angel. Hey, that's that's God. Hey, that's uh, from the heavenly realms. And so that's one thing I wanted to talk about with this study as we get into it. Again, being in part seven now, let's talk about the pit. Let's talk this pit right here. You're looking up in this pit behind me. And sorry, guys, again, I, I wish I could share more uh, through TikTok here. They make it really hard to share photos or backgrounds or anything. So um, let me see if I can actually share it as like a sticker, maybe. No, I can't. You know, they just want you to talk and entertain people. Uh, with essentially no special effects, no um, overlays here. And it gets slightly difficult, as we can see. Um, there, I look like I'm sitting in a room. That's really weird. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll go back to this one and I'll just kind of move out of the way here. Um, ah, let me get, there we go. We'll just do the full background. So anyway, this is a pit in Yemen and it's called, um, the well of hell in the desert. Um, and it has another name, uh, it, but it also is lured to be a pit where jinn are locked up or genies are locked up. Uh, it's also rumored to be the pit where Azazel is locked up from the Book of Enoch. Um, it's about three, 400 feet deep, and it's about uh, 100 feet wide. You can see how high it goes up. People have explored it, but there's uh, a pretty good lack of oxygen down there because there's like no airflow. And so getting down there is very difficult. There's no way to get in it other than sh straight down. Uh, where's the pit? So it is in Yemen, actually. Let me show you a map. I did my due diligence here. I try to do that for you guys as we go through this. Uh, so here's the pit over here, uh, down kind of on the bottom of Saudi Arabia. Um, and then up here is Israel. Um, or Jerusalem is actually. So uh, where it's rumored that this this pit was is east of Jerusalem. And so if you go east of Jerusalem, you're in line with this pit. Now, of course, it is southeast, technically. I can't tell you where the real pit is. I can't tell you uh, how metaphorically or literally that was meant. Uh, but I can tell you that this is a pit, and it's technically east of Jerusalem. So there's that. So, so if I go there, I'll see demons. That's what I'm saying, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You could see demons here if you want. Um, but it is a cool pit, and I think it's cool because it ties in with that story. And I like to see where we get lore from. And so that's really important for me on this channel. This is the pit. They've explored it quite a bit. There's some, some different types of trees and stuff that grow on the ledge here. And then as you get deeper, there's not a lot growing. Um, and, of course, you know, they haven't really found anything in there. Uh, but I, again, I find it, I find it really interesting that this is again, technically east of Jerusalem. Um, and that that's where this pit's, uh, supposed to be the, the pit of Duodel, um, where Azazel would be bound hand and foot in darkness from the book of Enoch. So, uh, again, I'm not here to confirm or deny any of this. I'm just here to share the information and, uh, if you're in the community of faith or you're in the community of fringe, this is interesting to everyone. Uh, fringe doesn't mean a bad thing. Fringe is just, you know, you know, your UFOs, your portals, your aliens, your specters, that type of thing. Um, and, and I find that stuff fascinating, uh, but I also am a man of faith. And so I like to look at that in context to scripture uh, and without preaching at anyone here, just kind of share the context and say, hey, this is really really cool. Do you believe in skinwalkers? Uh, Jake, yes, I do. And uh, so me personally, I do. And I actually just finished all three seasons of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel. Praying for an invite out there maybe one of these days. I would love to go check it out, especially in scriptural context, uh, in a spiritual light. They've had a rabbi out there and they had, um, they had a Navajo um, spiritual leader out there. But I would like to go out there as someone who um, believes in God in a bit different light. Um, I believe, 
you know, I have authority to go and uh, command dominion over these entities. I believe I can ask in, in God's name uh, who they are, what they are. I believe um, that there are certain elements of spirituality they're not using out there. And I'm not talking about lighting sage and bringing crystals out. I'm talking about scriptural context for uh, how we approach the supernatural. And I'm a big, big believer in the supernatural. Uh, that's one of my favorite things uh, in the world. So I'm like an hour from the Skinwalker Ranch. Dude, nice. That is awesome. Have you ever gotten to check it out? Um, and have you ever seen anything? I'd love to know that. So uh, I've seen a few LOL. Uh, I'm where the legend originated from. Dude, that is awesome. Um, that's I'm like obsessed with that now. Um, and in fact, I've tagged a few videos in Salt Lake City like on the hopes that maybe... Uh, the owner of the ranch would see them and I could uh, maybe, you know, come out and check it out or join the team for one of the episodes or something like that. So as we grow here on social media, uh, you know, that might be a possibility in the future wherever God takes this. So uh, skinwalkers are demons. So, yes, you can definitely cast them away in Jesus name. Uh, Bella Gemini, I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Um, and that's one thing I like exploring here. And, you know, we talk about demons on here. That's not really my favorite favorite subject, but one of my favorite subjects is the fallen angels, where the demons came from, from the union of the fallen angels and the daughters of men. Uh, and then when the Nephilim were destroyed, uh, or most of them were during the flood, um, then those souls had nowhere to go. And so again, that's the mythology around it from the book of Enoch. Um, do we know 100%? No, we don't. The Bible talks a lot about the same things Enoch does. The tradition of the Jewish culture in the time of Christ would have uh, very much believed Book of Enoch uh, type of theology, type of belief system. So, uh, do you still have a link for the book, uh, Marie Seats? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Um, it's over at cubcooker.me. We've redone the website and it's a little bit easier to find now. Uh, that's going to be under the uh, spiritual material, uh, spiritual book studies and material. Uh, section and there's like uh, the book of Enoch study there and then the lost gospel study so I just cleaned everything up and kind of put things in sections so it's not just a ton of buttons in a row it's a little bit more uh, organized to follow we also have the new podcast links on there where you can get this episode on the podcast you can subscribe to that start listening in your car for people who can't be here the whole time I wanted to make sure this went out as a proper podcast uh, and, and we did this the right way, you know, and really we're able to have these conversations in an open manner um, and not be like, uh, oh, I missed the live and I don't know what he said. Or uh, I have a lot of people ask me like, well, what do you think of this? And I'm like, well, I did two hours on a live stream on it, but then it's hard to send them that because they kind of go away on here. But I'm able to download them from here and we're putting them out everywhere else. So uh, that's really cool. I'm even putting them on Facebook now. So. Um, you guys can go check me out on Facebook as well. So I'm on Facebook, uh, at Jacob Cooker. So you can go check me out there. So, uh, actually I think I'm at Cub Cooker on Facebook, but it, my name on Facebook is Jacob Cooker because they won't let me change it because, uh, I have to provide a driver's license and it's my nickname is Cub Cooker. So I can't like prove that, but next to Jacob Cooker, it says Cub 
as my nickname on there. So uh, I've seen something with orange and yellow eyes staring at me in the bushes from 30 feet away. That is terrifying. Um, uh, let's see. Scary stuff. Yeah, definitely. So um, anyway, so yeah, Skinwalker Ranch is super, super interesting. And it's definitely one of my life goals to be able to go visit. Uh, maybe even work with the scientists. I love science. I'm a big science guy. Uh, but I'm also, again, as I said, a man of faith, and uh, I love to uh, talk about this stuff kind of in that light and figure out what does it really mean? You know, like what did they experience back then? What do we experience now? And what meets in the middle? So getting back to Book of Enoch, uh, chapter four. So after Azazel's locked in the pit, and I'm just going to leave this here as you know, the, maybe it's this pit. We don't know. This pit could go down for thousands of feet. It could go into the Earth's crust um, all the way down. We don't know. I mean, this may just be a sign of where it is. Uh, this may just be a random sinkhole that, you know, we uh, tie in with that story. So we we honestly don't know. But getting into verse 11... Um, so the great day, the great day of judgment cast into the fire. And then it says, and heal the earth, which the angels have corrupted and proclaim the healing of the earth that they may heal the plague and that all the children of men may not perish through all the secret things that the watchers have disclosed and have taught their sons and talking about, so the mechanism of doing this, the whole reason for the flood. And again, we've been told it was Adam and Eve and, you know, men got wicked on the earth and God had to do a reset. The whole reason for the flood, according to the book of Enoch and according to a lot of other faith traditions and different lores and stuff, is that the angels or the heavenly beings or the gods came down and commingled their genetic material with the daughters of men created a new genetic line and caused a lot of problems so the watchers are according to enoch what other cultures might call the gods uh we would call fallen angels they're also called elohim uh in the bible little e um they're also called the heavenly host so it would be other sons of god and some texts actually say the sons of god so and again here in the west we're taught that, oh, Jesus is the only Son of God. He's the only begotten Son of God. Uh, well, the word begotten, not meaning only, it's favored or set apart. Like he did something special, he made his father proud. It didn't mean he was the only one. It did mean he was the fullness. And so there's a big difference in that theology. And a lot of us have just bought hook, line, and sinker, the theology that Jesus is the only son when it's very clear that in the beginning, let us create man in our own image. Um, and it says Elohim plural. Uh, and so these Elohim, these sons of God, these watchers, these angels descended upon Mount Hermon and decided they made an oath. It says mutual imprecations, which is basically casting a spell, making an oath uh, that they would do this thing. They would create their own race. They would have their own children. And those children are the Nephilim, or what we would call the giants, or the heroes of old. It's where we get legends of like Hercules. Gilgamesh was considered one of these sons of the Watchers. Um, and so you have so many different cultural lores around this. And the more I dig into it, the more it's mind-blowing. We think it's one culture, one faith, one religion. And all of these faiths and religions like have this kind of common 
root where they come from and then they all branch out and then we all argue about it but if we actually looked at our past and went wait is that really true then we might be able to figure out what we believe now and why and so for me believing in christ believing in yeshua believing in jesus it makes what he did way more important than just adam and eve eating an apple it's literally like God's secret plan to reverse the genetic fault that was caused by the watchers sinning against humanity. So in verse 11 of, of Enoch chapter 4, it says, To heal the earth, which the angels have corrupted, the watchers, they corrupted it, and proclaim, proclaim the healing of the earth, that they may heal the plague, and that all the children of men may not perish through all the secret things that the watchers have disclosed and taught their sons. So they taught their sons literally space magic, heaven's magic. Uh, they taught them different uh, spells and enchantments. Um, they taught them how to lord over the people of this earth. They taught them how to rule with an iron fist. If you go back to the days of the gods in Egypt, there's a really good connection that I seem to make with the gods living among the Egyptians and the Mesopotamians, and those being the sons of the watchers, the sons of the angels, the deities on the earth. When God, Yahweh, the most high God, was saying, no, I made man in our own image, and I want to keep him holy and set apart, and I want to keep that genetic line preserved. And so if we go back to verse 9 in Enoch, uh, it says that God sent an angel to go and tell Noah. It says, go to Noah and tell him in my name, hide thyself and reveal to him the end that is approaching, that the whole earth will be destroyed and the deluge is about to come upon the whole earth and will destroy all that is on it. And now instruct him that he may escape and his seed may be preserved for all generations of the world. So what was that seed of Noah? We see a lot in the Bible that's kind of in code. You know, we see some code, we see some literal stuff, we see some spiritual stuff. But the seed of Noah is the divine DNA that came directly from Adam. And so that's what's really, really important. The light of God in the genetic makeup of humanity. The word of God, the logos. The ability to activate everything in our bodies, including our third eye, our intuition, our connection with God. We have spiritual technologies we can use today like prayer, praise, meditation. And again, I'm talking about God not as a Christian construct here or a Jewish construct uh, or a Muslim construct. I'm talking about the all God, the almighty God that is not a religion, that is not anything uh, that we should be arguing about. It's, he is a faith. It, uh, the entity of God is a faith. It's this thing that connects all of us, this entity that is over everything. And the light of that entity, the perfection and the winding that we see with everything in the universe that just perfectly works like clockwork was in us. Now we have sicknesses, we have ailments, we have sin, we have all of the stuff that was caused by the watchers. Uh, and they brought their magics in and the heavenly secrets that they can engage in in the heavens because they are by all intents and purposes little g gods uh, they brought that to earth and they screwed this up this this very material the fingerprint of god in us 
This is the, the lines of code in us uh, that connect us as, as a biological computer to everything, to the network of God. The Holy Spirit animates us. It's like a river of energy. This DNA is meant to connect to that and meant to self-heal and meant to cause miracles around us. Uh, satanic member, uh, you're a dope. Thank you so much, Archangel. I appreciate that. I've been called worse before, so thank you. Uh, God bless you, though. Um, and and I'm, I'm only sharing with you what's literally in the text. So this is not like my opinion or anything. This is in the text. You can go read it for yourself in Book of Enoch. You can look at it in the Bible. Uh, you know, if you have any of the modern Abrahamic faiths, you are stemming from this type of belief. So that's just, that's just how it is. Again, that's not my opinion that just, it is what it is. So, uh, so we all know this image of Noah's Ark, right? You know, um, how did he take all these animals? Like, what is that? Well, we know there's these, this evidence of this great flood. We don't know exactly where it went. You know, was it global? Was it localized? Was it highly localized in a ton of different areas? We just don't know. But we know that in a lot of different texts, not just the Bible texts, but in other texts, there's evidence of a flood. There's evidence of an escape or an escapee, a line that was preserved, a genetic line that was preserved. If we go back to the Watchers and we look at their children, the Nephilim, bringing sin on the earth, and then they are left behind in this flood. And it says that some of them, and it alludes that some of them lived even after that, and we see that with David and Goliath. But God did a really good job of of wiping a lot of them out. Um, And so we now see that literally thousands of years later, we hit the time of Christ. And so the time of Christ, to me, is a beautiful, beautiful representation of the repair of this. And Christ was the fullness of this. He was the Son of God incarnate in man, and he was beautiful and perfect, and and this genetic line was restored, and then that blood, the genetic material was shed, um, and then he came back in his glorified body, his glorified body being his heavenly body, uh, they didn't even recognize him. Then he breathes on his disciples and he says, To you I give my holy ruach, my holy, my set-apart breath. And guys, we can literally activate that within us today. When we do breath work, when we meditate, when we practice spiritual practices, we use these spiritual technologies that connect directly to the throne of God. And that's what Christ came to reverse what was done on Mount Hermon, the sin of the watchers, we still have the demons on the earth today. Why do you think when Christ walked, he commanded absolute authority over every demon on the earth? Because he was basically the uncle, the great uncle of these demons. And he said, no, get out of here. I promise you, if I tell my niece or nephew something, they go do it. They may laugh at first, but when I use the right tone, they go do it. And if Christ is on the earth, and his other brothers, and I'm not saying they're literally his brothers, but I'm just saying figuratively, his other brothers, the other Elohim, the other sons of God, the other heavenly host, said, hey, let's defy God. Let's create our own race. And Christ said, no, I'm going to return God's race back to him, my father's race back to him. And he came and he fixed this. Then what can we do today, guys, that we're just missing out on? 
let's not be this guy waiting on the shore uh, the boats left we have the light of christ in us and that's what i talk about christ consciousness a lot on here and christ consciousness to me is something that should light up our life it's something that should absolutely be a major major part of our life and not just something that we think oh i believe or i go to church or whatever and again whatever faith tradition you are you can have christ like it doesn't matter what faith tradition you are you can have christ because he didn't come and just do this for a modern day evangelical christian he did this for everyone and if you experience him in you and you experience this literal light in your body, this energy signature that you know you're connecting to the Father and you know you're forgiven and you know you're reconciled, that's Christ. And people have forgotten how to look for him. People go through dogma and a script or a scripture and that script has been edited for television many, many, many times. So we can look at the script which should cause us to look inward and meditate on his word. His word is in us. The word was flesh in Christ. And we now are reconciled to the Father already. Christ said the Father will send a helper. Look out for the helper. Only the Father knows when. Oh, amen. Uh, 63 driller. Absolutely. Uh, Goliath also had brothers. Yes, absolutely. Young prodigy. Appreciate that. Uh, Archangel Anunnaki. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a big... Uh, a big part of this, like Anunnaki, uh, the Egyptian gods, you know, we have uh, the star children in, in so many different cultures. And I'm not an expert on this, guys. I'm just, for lack of a better word, I'm stupid enough to just talk about this in public uh, because nobody's talking about it. And, you know, there's literally churches right now that refuse to talk about this stuff. They're not going to talk about a pit in Yemen. They're not going to talk about uh, Azazel. They're not going to talk about actual spiritual power. Uh, they're not going to talk about meditation. They're not going to talk about Christ consciousness. They're not going to talk about why you are beautiful and fearfully and wonderfully made and that you're perfectly reconciled to the Father. Because if you're not, then what Christ did was not sufficient. And so if what everyone professes to believe is actually true, then we are returned and reconciled and we no longer have to suffer the sin of the watchers because this can now light up with the energy that comes straight from heaven and we can be animated with the Holy Spirit. We can be moved to miracles and we command absolute authority over the paranormal in our lives, over the supernatural. And that is what I love talking about on here, guys. So I just uh, found out that the lost books were out there. Yes, Cindy. Um, of course, we've been talking about this a lot, Cindy, you know, and um, we're going through Enoch. I don't know when we'll be done with Enoch. I would love to get into Gospel of Thomas, uh, Gospel of Mary Magdalene, uh, the Gospel of uh, Philip. You know, there's some really, really good ones out there, specifically Gospel of Thomas, that are really highly revered guys and may never make it into the modern Bible. Because the modern Bible is a document we have, and that is man's document to try to understand God. We have a lot of man's documents to try to understand God. The Word of God, when we hear about that, was never talked about as the Bible. Like, I just don't believe, I personally don't believe that this book 
is the word of God. I believe it contains the word of God. I believe it points us to the word of God. I believe it shows us who Christ is. And I believe there are other books out there that do as well. I'm even reading the Quran right now. And I'm finding amazing truth in there that connects perfectly to Old Testament and to Book of Enoch. And you just see all of this full circle. I've read... Um, documents on Buddhism, and, and I see how that connects to God, but I see how Yeshua was the way. I see how he fixed something, and this is the way. Inner light, inner divinity is the way to God, and Christ came to show us that, and he died so that we could return to the Father and become a community of one, one faith, one love, one power, and we let the world screw us up every day through media, government, church, family belief systems, tradition, you name it, we are a slave to it. And that's what I'm here to help expose a little bit. Uh, not as an us against them mentality, but as an us becoming us, becoming one with God, becoming Christ's on the earth. And that's uh, we're one, we're one love. Amen, absolutely. That's what this channel's about. And I start every one of these broadcasts, every one of these podcasts, every one of these live streams, whatever you want to call them, and I start them talking about something weird, and I got to get attention. And I love the weird because that gets my attention. And I love the Skinwalker Ranch show. That gets my attention. But then it makes me go deep, and, and I go deep into Scripture and deep into my own spirituality and deep into asking God to lead me into all truth. And I want you guys to know, I pray every morning, Father, lead me into all truth. Help me to speak your word, to manifest your word out into the airwaves, out into all the social medias that we have here. And guys, we have reached 1.8 million people in the last 30 days. And I am blown away, blown away that we've reached that many. That's just on Facebook. That doesn't include YouTube, the podcast, TikTok, Instagram, all of that. We've probably reached closer to three to maybe like four and a half, maybe five million with all of the social media. And, and thank you guys. Thank you, Bootsy. Awesome. Uh, and thank you, Archangel. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, love the weird too. Good. I'm glad. Um, so, you know, that's what we're here for. And I just finally was like, you know what? I'm going to throw caution to the wind. Let's do this. Let's have these conversations. These are the conversations I had in college where we would all sit in a circle and smoke stuff. Um, and then we would end up at the, the, the wee hours of the morning uh, in a dark apartment, you know, opening the Bible, talking about God. And I'm like, if it was good enough to entertain me and lead me into a much deeper relationship with God then then it's good enough now. And I don't sit in the circle now, but we're sitting in the proverbial circle now. And we're allowing our mind to open up to things that are bigger than what we have preconceived is a non-paranormal, non-supernatural faith. And I propose that faith inherently is supernatural. And if we don't include those ideas in it, then that faith is merely self-delusion. And that's just what I believe. So um, anyway, the Bible is written by many authors, uh, but it's not But it's not the truth. Uh, we all want the truth. I love it. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. And there's a ton of truth in the Bible. There's a ton of truth in the Quran. There's a ton of truth in 
the Bhagavita. Uh, there's a ton of truth in other books I've read. I believe the Bible has elements of the Word of God in it. Um, I believe it has the power to save, absolutely. But I, again, I also believe this should just be the beginning. It's like a lot of us go here for the end-all, be-all when this is just telling us to look for God, to look within, to look for truth, to actually practice spirituality and be one with God. Uh, and we just don't do that. And And again, it's not... I mean, we as in all of us, like I've done it for years and I would do Bible study and think that that was the power to save me when the power to save me is by becoming the temple, by becoming the temple. So your truth is inspirational. Scott, thank you. I really appreciate that. God bless you. Um, I know my, my videos can be kind of polarizing and, and thought provoking and, and even scary uh, to think about this stuff. But again, it's not that I don't, I believe God has preserved in this book what is necessary for basic salvation. But if you want to be a disciple, you want to be a prophet, you want to be a worker in God's kingdom, you want to watch people get healed, you want to watch miracles in your life, you want to understand the paranormal and the supernatural, then we've got to keep digging. And I believe that we have to look within and we have to look in the circle around us. And we have to actually believe in the paranormal, the supernatural, and the miracles and the miraculous things that are in those words. And quit stripping that out and just over-spiritualizing it, mystifying it where it's, it's just a mist around us. And go, this is tangible. The burning bush was an entity coming to Moses. Ezekiel's wheel inside the wheel was a craft made to move heavenly beings around and bring the throne of God, God down to Ezekiel. This stuff is weird and it makes us uncomfortable in church because we wonder if we can even believe it. But then we look in the night sky or the farmer next to you on the ranch has an experience with an extraterrestrial and now they're crazy or maybe they're brilliant because it's science, but we don't want to tie that back to the Bible times. And it's time that we start doing that, in my opinion. So... I do two Bible studies a day, but I also love trying to understand other points of views. Cindy, that's awesome, and God bless you. And I, I do, when I say I do Bible studies, I study the Bible all day long. I pray all morning. I, this is my full-time job. So, like, I do this um, literally. Uh, I understand what it means to study the Bible and still come up short. And so I don't speak this from some guy who just leaves the Bible on the shelf and hopes for the best. I speak this as somebody uh, who is in it all the time. I go to church on Sundays. I read the Bible in the book, and I read it on the computer, and I cross-reference, and I look at the Greek and the Hebrew, and I mean, I study. And so I'm saying that in all love and what I believe is truth, that that is going to lead us some amazing places, but don't be afraid to keep going into those places. And I think for all of us, we run into things in the Bible and we go, that's so weird. Jacob's Ladder, like it's a portal to heaven. Like let's combine that with what you see in a Marvel movie and you got closer to the truth. Um, uh, Troy, I too am amazed by Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this craft reminds me of an atom. Yes, uh, absolutely. And so, you know, we've been smashing more atoms together. We saw what happened in 1945. You get all these crafts that show up. Um, and there's these entities around the world uh, performing things on the earth. 
we want to call them aliens, but in Bible times, they might call them angels. And uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie, what's up? How are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful evening. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, so, without me rambling, there's something special about all of us. After Christ did what he did, we need to realize that something changed. And we need to realize that that light of God is literally present in us. And they can even measure with certain cameras. Some people have more physical light coming from them that you can't see with your eyes. But it's of a different spectrum. And spiritual people tend to have more of that glow to them. And you can look up these studies and it's, it'll blow your mind. We'll probably do a whole podcast on it. Uh, my bloodline comes from the fallen angels. And that's the deal. Like, you know, even if it does, what was broken is still fixed. And that's what I believe the DNA, the blood of Christ spilled, did was fix what they messed up because they did not have a complete bloodline. It was one that was highly prone to sin, highly prone to wanting to be gods even through the flesh, highly prone to performing these rituals and spells and magics and war and all of these things um, without the governance of the heavenly realms, without God's governance. And that, to me, again, you get into the governing structures of the heavenly realms, and that gets fascinating, too. And we'll, we'll talk more about that on another episode. But for today, everyone's homework, before I sign off and go eat dinner, is go check this thing out. It is in, it's called, this is in Yemen, and it's called The Well of Hell. And go check out chapter 4 which is the intercession of angels in the book of Enoch. If you don't have the book of Enoch and you want to support this channel, I have it in my shop. You can just hit the link in my bio um, and go check out the shop. And there's the book of Enoch study kit there. And you can get the version that I really like that has all the books of Enoch in it. And that's the one we're reading from. So, um, and that supports this ministry. Thank you guys. We've had a bunch of people step up and support the ministry through um, Patreon, through um the the shop that I have going there um and just thank you guys I really really appreciate that I don't even like to call this a ministry because a ministry implies like a church thing and this is not a this is not a church thing this is obviously not a church thing uh but but I really really appreciate the support so thank you guys you can hit that link uh and find all the things you can find the podcast follow there uh share with your mom your dad your sister your brother anyone that you're like hey They'll appreciate this particular brand of weird. Um, that's what we're about. So we're weird here. Uh, faith and weirdness. I love you guys. Appreciate you, the truth. Thank you guys for being here. Um, and yes, the different bloodlines. I need to look up the Nephilim bloodline, the RH negative. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what I am. I'm not sure. I need to check it out. Uh, I literally don't remember what blood type I am, so I'll need to check it out. Uh, we have to talk about these things, Archangel. Yes, Archangel, thank you so much. Um, and Cindy says, thank you for your knowledge. You bet. And I just hope, uh, always use wisdom, guys. I'm here to share some knowledge. Um, I try to use wisdom every day with how I share it. So uh, pray for wisdom and discernment and all these things and start connecting the dots. That's what this is all about. You know, look in scripture, look in what's going on in science, in the media, in the news. Look at everything, look at prophecy, connect the dots. Uh, we are more than just worker bees on this planet to go and work at a job 
and then hopefully retire and then die. We are agents of light. We are God's children, and we should be connecting the dots, finding truth, and loving each other. Uh, if you have the gift of prophecy or healing, but you have love, but you don't have love, then what do you even have? And Christ even said that. So um, let's love each other and let's respect each other's opinions. And guys, I have people come at me every day with a bunch of shade on here and on all forms of social media. Um, and so I just love them. Like we have to, we have to love each other. It's time. Um, it's time to love each other. And that's, that's what I, that's what I'm here to share. So ultimately these explorations of the weirdness end in, in this little bit of, uh, my meditation time and my prayer for you guys. So anyway, thank you. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful evening. I'm going to go eat dinner and enjoy the rain here in West Texas. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and hit the shop to support this channel. I love you guys. Peace.